Welcome to the Mountain Podcast Home Study. For the next eight weeks, pastors Tim and Samuel will be exploring an interactive home study on marriage and family. So gather your families as you listen to this week's study. Okay, I am excited for our marriage and family uh, podcast that we'll be doing. This is the family one where we are going to be creating uh, teachings and then having a discussion right afterwards about some things uh, in the family. And our entire goal is to help you and your family grow. So you can do this with your family, with your family and another family if you'd like. But the entire goal is to partner with you as parents and as the kids, no matter what their age are to learn and grow in Jesus. And the first thing uh, and the first topic I wanted to focus on today uh, is the fear of the Lord. And uh, when I was studying this out, I was pretty excited to study it out because um, I love God and I talk about loving God and and loving people and a lot, a lot of great conversation about that. And uh, But there is this fear of the Lord language in the word. And we're going to start in Proverbs 1-7, where it it talks about the fear of the Lord. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And when you see fear in this context and in this place, it can provide a a little bit of a challenging idea on how, how do you reconcile this idea that God is love and that Matthew 22, 37 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So how do you reconcile these two things to to love God uh, with all of your being. And then it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So first we have to, we have to try and understand and reconcile what this means. And so while you're with your family, I think there's some important things that you can begin to think about discussing and studying in this place of fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and loving God with all of your being. And that is, what is your perspective of God? So a couple of questions you could ask even as family and maybe you're the parents, you could write it down or, or revisit it in the discussion time is what do your current, like, how do you see God right now? Uh, I have four kids, so I'm excited to ask Brixton and Brightly and Presley and Monroe. Monroe can't really talk or do much of anything. So uh, really the other three, um, well, how do you see God and uh, really engaging with them where their perspectives of God are right now? And they love God. Okay, cool. He's big. Those are some things that probably my kids will say. He's all powerful. These are incredibly intriguing thoughts. Um, And then what does it look like to introduce to them a reverence of God? So when you look at the defining terms of this and these fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, what we're beginning to teach in our families and help our kids understand is what it looks like to have a reverence of God, to have a certain amount of respect for God and a reverence of God. And helping our, 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 our children or our kids or youth or whatever age it looks like have a healthy perspective of God that includes and truly understand what it means to love God, but also what it means to have a fear of the Lord, to have a reverence over his words, to have an honor and cherishing his words in a way that isn't flippant and that isn't casual, but that has a deep and a sincere reverence of his words and his ways and in uh, relationship with God. Uh, Because although it is a joyful and amazing relationship with God, it it isn't a relationship that we should take lightly and trivial. And so in partnership with your family, really engaging this idea and understanding, because it helps to understand that 
that fear of the Lord language and that perspective of God. So we must partner with our family and our kiddos to be able to understand what it truly means to fear the Lord. Because there is an unhealthy um, there is an unhealthy relationship perspective that people have developed throughout history in religion that is called the fear of the Lord, but is not truly what it talks about in Scripture as fear in the Lord. And some of those are religious terms where you see Pharisees and Sadducees threatening punishment and pain and things of that nature. So fearing the Lord is not the same thing as, as fearing uh pain and punishment or having a paranoia over certain things that people would lord over you. So when you're talking about your perspective of God, you want to you want to really make sure as parents, as kids, as full family, that there is a healthy perspective of what it means to fear the Lord, uh, not to fear man, not to fear religious institutions or religion, and uh, and even to learn not to fear consequence, but to fear the Lord. These are different. So what can come from bad behavior or sinful behavior is not what the Lord is asking you to fear. And that can be something we really got to separate out. So when we're talking about a healthy fear of the Lord, it's important to separate that out from some of the unhealthy fear of the Lord. And I put it in uh, quotation marks, uh, air, air quotes here, fear of the Lord stuff that religion has tried to establish throughout a lot of history. And so when you see this, it is important that we have a healthy perspective of God. And it leads into the final point here, which is when we're talking about what we fear, like the Lord asks us to love him and to fear him, which means that both of our great, like human, human beings as, as humanity, we have these incredible propensity for love and this incredible propensity for fear. What I find beautiful in relationship with God is he asks us to give both of those incredible things to him and to let them be defined in relationship with him. Because you could take your love and you could place it in other relationships and other things. And that's an unhealthy life flow and lifestyle, which is why God says, give me all of your love. And he also says, give me your fear. Um, and when you look at these scriptures and this understanding of the fear love dynamic in our life, I think an incredible conversation to have in family is, okay, what do you fear? Like right now in your life, what do you fear? And it might be important to ask the questions in ways that aren't direct, like what do you fear? But what makes you angry? What makes you frustrated? What do you not want to be a part of or what do you not want to do? And these are some ways that can help pull out some of the underlying fears that are in kids. It's just having a little bit of a discussion around fear that gets to and helps understand, okay, cool, like that's because you fear that. And so really, I believe the healthiest part of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge is to understand that we're moving from one land of fear to another. Fearing our future, fearing rejection, fearing failure, fearing pain and punishment, and moving from that land to a land that, that simply and exclusively fears the Lord and reveres him. Because the Bible says the perfect love of God casts out all fear. So we very well can't live in a land that has fear expressions of other things. We must learn to be free of those things. So in a family dynamic together, what this scripture, interestingly enough, I think begins to do is begins to teach us that true knowledge and wisdom is found when you move from the land of fearing anything that isn't God to the land of fearing exclusively God. And when you move into this place or you move away from that place, 
it's an important conversation with our kiddos and our family. And so how does our family live in a place of love of God and a fear of the Lord, reverence of God? And what does that mean for our life? What does that mean for our fear of rejection from our friends? What does that mean for our fear of our future and what we're going to do? Will I be poor? Will I be broke? Will I be a loser? And talking about these consistent fears that humanity faces that we find in our kiddos. And so I want to pull Tim in at this point and talk about our perspectives of God. And this is my friend, Tim Rowland. He's actually one of the pastors at the mountain with me. And he's amazing. He's got several kids of his own. And an awesome <laughs> at least three. At least three. Yeah. At least three. And, and this conversation of fear and love and our perspective of God is a really involved one for our families. And before we begin on this, I, I just want to say for all of the podcasts that we'll be doing for you in your home studies, the teaching part will break into a discussion. Right. And at that point of the break in the discussion, you can choose to pause it and discuss with your family some of the things in the teaching. And you can listen to the discussion after or later, or you can pause it anytime you want. And you can use this episode or these episodes to help you uh, grow as a family. Um, so listen to them at your leisure or pleasure. And then discussions can be helpful, but also not mandatory or necessary by any means. Right. And it's a podcast. You're in your home. Do whatever you want with the study. <laughs> There's flexibility built <laughs> That's in. That's absolutely true. <laughs> so in this, I, I, I wanted to ask you what, what did your journey look like with your kids and your wife as it related to your perspective of God? Right. Well, when, when our kids were really small, we, we were still under somewhat of a religious mindset um, as far as, you know, if, if you step out of line, God might get you. <laughs> so they grew up with the, the incredible and awesome fear of the Lord. But what I love is that as God began to do a healing and a change in our hearts, and we were able to then in turn, uh, turn around and share that with our kids, there was this beautiful growth and transition from being under that weight of religion and that weight of the, the fear of God and that he's going to squash me sense into the intimacy and trust. And I love that verse you started with. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning mm -hmm. But once we recognize how awesome that, you know, the majesty of God, the awesomeness of God, how powerful he is, who, who he really is. Now that inspires fear. Just, I mean, if we could see God, the Old Testament says no man can see God and live because mm. he was so tremendous. He was so magnificent that we couldn't handle it. Yeah. Human form can't handle seeing God. So there's a natural fear there. But as we continue in intimacy and growth and in trust, I think it turns into the perfect love cast out fear mm -hmm. because if you're in an intimate, trusting relationship, that doesn't involve fear. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's this journey that God invites us to. He, he wants us to see how awesome and magnificent he is. But then he says this awesome, magnificent, all powerful God is going to come down to your level so that I can relate with you. I can commune with you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's this beautiful journey, I think, from the beginning of wisdom to the intimacy he's calling us into and to be able to share that with our children and, and really to demonstrate that for them. Like I was able to demonstrate for my kids when God began to rework my perspective of him and his heart for me and for all of his children, they saw me go first. Mm -hmm. And even as adults, they've, they've pointed to that and they said, you know, dad, I saw you be transformed Yeah, because they grew up in a Christian home their whole life. Yeah. But the emphasis in their younger days and the emphasis today mm -hmm. is different. Yeah. 
It's more heart centered. It's more love and trust and intimacy centered rather than pleasing this angry God that might zap us if we step out of line. So there was this journey that they got to watch and and to witness that I think was really beautiful. Yeah, that's interesting. The the fear and understanding the fear of the Lord is such an interesting scripture and study. Right. Because it almost feels like it's conflicting. Right. You're like, God loves you but also fear him. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And and also he cast his perfect love, cast out fear. So go ahead and try and reconcile that in your brain, kiddo. It's like calculus. Uh, Brixton, seven years old. Go ahead and figure that one out, bud. And, and I, and I think sometimes it's because as, as a humanity in our journey, as kids, teenagers, preteens, teenagers, young adulthood, fear becomes a very emotional thing inside of us. Right. And sometimes we don't even understand what we fear, why we fear it, where it came from. And we go through this long kind of journey to discover the mechanics of our fear. Well, and the way we're wired to avoid the things that cause fear. Yeah. So fear God, but we avoid things we fear. So am I avoiding God? No, I'm to press in. Like I'm to push past that fear into that place of intimacy. Yeah. Like Moses did, like David did, like Abraham did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this idea, like psychology would say there's like three generalized fears, which would be the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, and the fear of pain and punishment. And that all other fears would kind of like fit into that space there, uh, into one of those spaces. And so like if you think about those things, I, I believe there's an incredible growth that can happen for us to understand that some of our mechanics are found in one of those three ways. Uh, until we find freedom uh, and true growth um, that those things, you will see them as motivators. Right. So discerning that like, hey, I, I recognize for a lot of my life, the fear of uh, failure was profound as a motivator. Right. It's quite motivator. a fuel. It was quite the fuel. And we, we should identify with our families, with our kids, with our, with our relationships and with ourselves, the fear that currently motivates us. Because that will be problematic in relationship with God. Right. And, and sometimes we want to keep it because it's convenient or it's produced some things that we think are good. Right. But it's really super important to surrender those fears to right. God. And I, I think literally the only thing we are to fear is God. When we put him in the proper place, like in that God spot, because if you think about it, the things we fear, they have some power over us. Mm-hmm. And if we're under the power of fear of a thing or a consequence or, um, you know, a person or an organization or whatever it is, defined or undefined, we're putting ourselves under the power of that thing, then that that's a place in our lives we've not surrendered to the power of God. So when we give God his proper place in our lives, I think that's where we begin to move through fear into that place of, I mean, Jesus comes and he's fear not, fear not, fear not. Yeah because he's calling us out of fear. You know, when, when God has his proper place and he calls us to intimacy, then we are able to walk through fear and understand because God loves us so desperately and so deeply. There's really not a place of fear that we should walk. Mm -hmm. So from that beginning point, then we can walk into that perfect love cast out fear Yeah, when we're in the center of perfect love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and when you look biblically, it, the the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is a different approach and relationship with God illustrated. Right. And I think it's important to identify here is, is the Old Testament it illustrates um, a God that uh, that it created a law 
a set of laws to be able to create structure for holiness and to create expressions, like real behaviors not to do right. and behaviors to do. And your righteousness will be defined by your ability to perform the outline of the law. Right. Um, and that's an interesting that's an interesting paradigm shift because in the New Testament, the accomplishment of righteousness is totally different. It's yes. illustrated differently and it's actually caused differently. In the Old Testament, there's this knowledge and awareness of the law that and fearing all the horrible things that can come if you right. don't do it. All the curses that'll come. Yeah. Was the was the context of holiness. Yeah. And all of a sudden Jesus introduces this relationship with him. That is the kindness of God leads to repentance. Right. Fear not. And he and he he shifts the relationship dynamic. And I, I find that to be incredibly interesting and sometimes really hard for us as Christians to understand because I find that a lot of Christians function on an Old Testament model. Right. Even though we live in a new covenant. Because we, we haven't learned how to be motivated by love. Yeah. I think that's the difficult transition because it's so rarely modeled in our world. Yeah. Even in the Christian or church world. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find places where the fuel of motivation is perfect love. Yeah. You know, it is fear-based. I mean, we have, you know, in church structures or ministry structures, there's the, you know, the employer employee relationship. There's the um, people's perception of you or what will they think or what will they say or how they'll respond. Those fear motivators that can still be active. And even in the family, like I remember growing up as one of four kids, there was the, I don't want to be the odd person out that the other kids won't play with. So there was this fear of rejection that kind of moderates your behavior. Yeah. You know, we find it all around in every, in every aspect. I mean, <laughs> now if you go in a store, there's a fear of rejection. If you don't have the right um, equipment to yeah. walk in yeah. and cover your face, yeah. you know, just this pressure, this social pressure and this fear that we walk under. And I'm saying, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's, it exists. Yeah. For sure. You know, it's a part of the human experience and trying to find those places where we're, we're drawing our children out of places of fear into confidence, into trust, into love. And it, it goes against the very world we live in, in just about every aspect that we'll come up against. So it's like, God, you really have to show me what this looks like. You really have to, you have to father me and father my children so that we can walk in perfect love and see what does that look like in a world that's just so bound by fear. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, this starts getting into like parenting tendencies. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we as parents draw from our experiences, whatever education we've found, whether it be uh, like literally getting degrees in something that helps or reading books like Love and Logic or et cetera, et cetera. Or our own traumatic experiences growing up that really. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then we do like anti-parenting. Right. I don't want to be like my mom or dad, right. that kind of idea. I don't ever want my kids to experience that. Like yeah. I, I, I was totally a fear-based parent, like yeah. fear of what terrible disasters could happen. So I was always getting onto them. You have to listen to me. Otherwise bad things could happen. And not like I'm going to do bad things to you, but bad things in the world could happen because I was so bound up in the fear of yeah. what could happen. Yeah. You know, you, you see the news stories about the kid that was taken, you know, right from their house or in front of their house. And it's like, okay, kids, we're not playing out front. You guys are stuck in the backyard. I'm going to put barbed wire around the top and we'll have alarms and lights. And yeah, you didn't, you don't get to go outside. And so, you know, they had a great childhood. 
<laughs> video games and movies and we're going to do inside activities kids yeah we're not going out of the world it's scary so that that is a place of really trust that we have to let god when they're out of my sight when they're out of my hands i'm trusting you yeah. i'm releasing them to you yeah. and to instill in them a confidence of no matter where you go no matter what happens god is with you and god is in it because when a world full of suffering it's easy to look at suffering and to walk in fear of suffering and we don't live life. Yeah. You know, we want to put them in a bubble and want to live in a bubble, but that's not what God's called us to. And Jesus, as a matter of fact, said in this world, you will have trouble, but yeah. take heart. I've overcome the world. Yeah. So even in the middle of the things that bring fear or that bring trouble or that bring struggle or suffering, he says, take heart. I've overcome it. Mm -hmm. So teaching kids not to fear, even when really bad things happen. Yeah. I don't have to give in to fear. Yeah. Even though something bad happened, hey, I understand. Like giving our kids a worldview of, hey, the world's broken. Yeah. Sin broke creation. Yeah. So bad things happen. People get sick. Accidents happen. People do mean, rude things because sin abounds. But they understand the foundation of it, that God is redeeming all of these things. So it really doesn't matter what happens to you. God is still with you and he'll redeem it and he'll overcome it. So rather than living a life of avoiding the bad things that could happen, mm -hmm live life looking for the great things that God can and will do. And when bad things do happen, say, you know what? God's still with us in this. Like, this isn't the end. This isn't the, oh, you know, game over. We lost kind of moment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, our kids kind of lived through that. Like when I had my heart attack, I was very near death. Yeah. And that was a really traumatic moment for my family. They were all in, you know, junior high, just about to go into high school. Mm -hmm. And they got to watch God do a miracle and I didn't die. I did recover. I did become healthier. Like they're not living in the fear of losing dad now, but for a while there, it was like, this could happen again. Dad could die. Yeah. Like that was the fear that the cloud that they were under totally. and God being able to redeem that. And that's not to take away from the places, you know, we've had close family friends where something like that's happened and they didn't survive. Yeah. They passed. Mm -hmm. Even in that God is still with us in this. Yeah. And, you know, there'll be a reunion one day. There's, there's so many things to point to of God redeeming the bad things that are potentially could happen or do happen in our world so that we don't live under the cloud of fear and put fear in that place of deity or yeah. God or all yeah. power. You know, fear has all power. Yeah. We need to come out of that into the place of trust and intimacy he's calling us into. Yeah. Because that fear of pain. Yeah. It could be incredibly potent as a parent. Right. And, you know, in this study of fearing the Lord. This one's for the parents at this point, which would be really go deep in your heart on what is it that drives you in fear as a parent? Right. Is it fear of pain and punishment? Is it fear of your kids failing or being rejected? And whatever those fears are as a parent, um, begin to resolve them and find breakthrough in relationship with God. Yeah. Um, because although you might see value in those fears, like it keeps them safe right? or like it prepares them for an ugly world and et cetera, et cetera, put in all of the common lines there. Right. That fear will have uh, underneath consequences. It's, it's tormenting. The Bible says fear is torment. Fear involves torment. So we shouldn't use torment right. to accomplish something that we think is good. Right. When God's love can accomplish that quote unquote good thing. Um, so I think there's an exchange invitation I want to give to some parents today that you might know only certain ways to do it that are fear ways. Right. Begin to, with courage, uh, that might sound counterintuitive, but take courage. Like take it in this moment to find a love way 
where fear was the way. Identify it for yourself. Is it a fear of failure? Is it a fear of rejection or pain and punishment that drives you or that drives you for your kids, towards your kids? Begin to replace those things and find deliverance with God's love in those things. And find a new model and expression right. that isn't fear-based with your approach to your kids. And that really is a trust walk. Like you really have to trust, okay, God, yeah. I need you to show me what does perfect love look like in this situation. Yeah. Where fear has been the standard. Yeah. What does love look like instead? Yeah. Because there's not really a good model to point to. There's not really a, uh, you know, oh, we can all point to this family and they've done it perfectly and they've stayed in perfect love right. throughout all these ups and downs. And so it's like, God, I need you. Yeah, it's relationship <laughs> with God. Absolutely. What's well, the fear of the Lord yeah. is the beginning of knowledge. Yeah. So in this specific context, we're saying, look, put God in the highest of esteems. Yep. Revere him beyond your fear reverence right. uh, of other things. Put him in the highest space. It's not your, uh, it's not your admiration for another parenting model right. that'll get the job done or, Oh, that family's great. Uh, it, that's not going to begin the be the wisdom knowledge journey for you. The beginning of that journey will be with you putting God in the highest of esteems right. beyond and above your fear places and allowing him to uproot them and show you the way and trust in the Lord. And allow him to show you uh, the path that lies before you in a loving parenting journey. Right. And being being happy to apologize to your kids. I've said sorry to my kids for certain times that right. fear or anger uh, or something like that got the best of me. Right. Uh, and I say, I'm so sorry. I, I, I am so sorry that. And I just apologize. And, and what's great about kids, man, is that they have this like flexibility to them. And they're kind of like, all right, like we're cool. And then we're moving on and, and some things stick, but sometimes a lot of times it's just like, okay, like I, that yeah. act of humility and contrition was huge and it showed them a good thing. Right. And they're very, I think that's partly why Jesus said, except you come as a little child mm -hmm. because children, it's like their hearts are tender, but they let go easily. They mm -hmm. let go quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an important thing for us, even in this fear thing, like we can fear not getting it right. Right. We can fear this. And I, I find it funny when people that are perfectionists, they try not to be a perfectionist <laughs> by being a perfectionist <laughs> or somebody who fears. I'm going to perfectly not be a perfectionist. That's right. That's right. I'm going to execute this. I'm going to eliminate all viruses in my thing here. And then, and then fear of failure people, they, they really, they really try hard in their fear of failure not to fail getting free from fear of failure. Right. They're like, I'm going to perform at my highest ability. I'm not going to fail at this. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid I'll fail. This. So I'm going to make sure I don't fail at not fearing failure. Yeah. Yeah. And then a fear of rejection person, like they get accountability partners and they, they try and line up these relationships that will stop them from doing bad things because they fear the rejection of their accountability partner. Right. <laughs> yeah. What will they think? There's all of these modes that we've created and all these ways we've created in fear that the point of this study today is in your family unit, can you walk out a deliverance of fear? Yeah. Can you walk out a clarity that the objective is love, to be driven by love, and to give God all of your love and all of your fear? Is there anything That's else beautiful. you want to say on it, Timmy? 
No, I like all of that stuff. <laughs> I am yes. into all of that. And you can, uh, you can contact us on our website if you have questions or thoughts or topics even that you would want us to talk about as parents. Uh, just go to our website, dmtnchurch.com, and you can hit the contact space and you can email us questions or podcasts. We want to create more studies that help you and your family grow at home. We have home groups at our church and we love it. Uh, but we also wanted to just partner with people that wanted to be able to study with their family or their spouse in the privacy of their home or coordinate uh, groups and families to come within their own unit. We right. have friends that live out of town. And, and so we wanted to just partner with growth with people that couldn't land maybe in their schedule or something or in their, where they live in their city, they couldn't land at the mountain church home groups. Uh, and so we wanted to partner with those folks and those families love on them. We'll also be doing a marriage, uh, centric, a home study for you to study with your wife or husband and, and to grow in those places. Or maybe you're in a pre-married situation, you're dating or engaged, or you are single and you don't want to be single anymore. This podcast may or may not help you. It may or may not <laughs> we cannot let you know what you. you're in for. Yeah, that's right. So thanks for joining us and uh, looking forward to continuing to partner with your family's growth. Love you guys. Bye guys. Love you. Love you.